trying to get a lot of dough. Anything is possible. Welcome to Money on Our Mind. I am Wheeler. And I'm Chrissy, and we are spilling the money management tea. We work at VictoryFi, and we help college students discover how to best manage their money. We offer a financial education program for college students called Banked, and a program specifically for student-athletes called Framework. We love connecting with everyone who uses our platform, and this podcast allows us to take some of the general money management concepts we introduce in our courses and apply them to the crazy stuff that goes on in the world. That's right. So today we're going to be talking about, we all love them, we all need them sometimes, but they can also be a pain, subscription services, and specifically Peloton. When you think about budgeting each month, you need to remember to incorporate any of your monthly subscriptions. Sometimes you might sign up for a streaming service and forget about it, but this will only cost you a few dollars a month. But sometimes you can rack up huge monthly expenses that occur every month. You need to be aware of these. Yes. Okay. So during the pandemic, where people were buying all of this workout equipment and at-home workout subscriptions, and these companies were making huge money. And before we get more into the subscription services in general, um, we want to talk a little bit specifically about Peloton and its history. So Peloton was one of these big companies that did really well during the pandemic. With companies like Peloton and like Lululemon's Mirror, things like that, you buy the piece of equipment and then you also pay a monthly fee to take the classes. So there's a lot of expense involved. That's super interesting. And tastes have also changed since we have all been able to get back in the world And Peloton is not going to be doing that great right now. They are actually considering selling to companies like Amazon or Apple, and their stock price has dropped dramatically. Dun, dun, dun. So um, one of the co-founders of Peloton was John Foley, who was actually the president of Barnes & Noble. Um, An interesting fact about this company was that Peloton actually pitched this idea to over 400 investors and pretty much got like all no's. So they did eventually end up getting 200 angel investors and they raised a lot of money through Kickstarter, which I just found to be like a super interesting little fun fact. Um, And that helped them make their very first bike. Those who supported through Kickstarter actually got to buy a bike at a discounted price of $1,500. And that was way back in 2013. Big investors ended up starting, you know, started to come around in 2018, just in time for things to get geared up for the pandemic. That's right. That's actually really interesting, by the way. They went from having no investors to 200 angels. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you get 200 angels? I mean, a lot of work. that's a lot of work. That's a lot of pitching. And they must have gotten in the right networks. So mm-hmm. I think that's part of it. That's really interesting. Peloton introduced its second product, a $4,000 treadmill called the Peloton Tread in 2018, and added new types of classes like HIT, high intensity interval training, and yoga to keep users engaged or new customers encouraging them to sign up with a digital subscription, no equipment required. Yes, and by 2019, the company had sold over 577,000 bikes and treadmills. And then in August of 2019, Peloton filed for an initial public offering, received, um, you know, and when they did this, they revealed that they had over 500,000 paying subscribers, um, but they also had spiraling losses from major investments in marketing and also licensing for the music that they used, which is really interesting. Um, They did go public on September 26th of 2019. 
And um, what was at the time the third worst trading debut for a major IPO since the financial crisis, which is wild. Um, then I'm sure some of y'all remember this, but back around Christmas of 2019, they also ran a commercial where a husband gave his wife a Peloton and everyone was like super upset about it. Come on. So they had a lot of bad press in end of 2019. Get getting money in 2018. Yeah, you're broke. You're going. Just go, go buy a Peloton for your wife. I can see <laughs> that why works that works out hit. so well. Yeah, that's not that's a time to time to air. But of course, like we're talking about, the pandemic hit. By May 2020, Peloton reported a 66% increase in sales and a 94% increase in subscribers. People in September of that year, Peloton said that it had its very first profitable quarter, with sales spiking 172% since the same quarter the year prior and revenue rising to $607 million. But Peloton had trouble keeping up with the increased demand for its products. In early 2021, Peloton reported its first ever billion-dollar quarter. Wow. Um, but, you know, there was a little bit of sadness. In March of 2021, a little child was killed on a Peloton, and so a, a treadmill, and that led to Peloton recalling the treadmill Peloton also kept taking hits as people returned to gyms and other forms of exercise kind of outside of their home in 2021 and 2022. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, Barry McCarthy, the former CFO of Spotify and Netflix, replaced Foley as CEO of the company. Uh, the company has been cutting jobs and just did this month. Yeah, I mean, a huge rise and fall for this company. It's it's a pretty wild ride that they were on. So what does this mean for people? Like, how is how does Peloton actually make their money? What does this mean like for the subscriptions? Yeah, so Peloton generates revenue through the sale of its fitness products and through subscription fees for memberships to its digital interactive platform. Peloton has reported two has two reportable business segments, connected fitness products and subscription. So they're segments. That's how they're making money. They're doing it through connected fitness products and they're doing it through subscriptions. It provides a breakdown of revenue and gross profit for each of these segments. The connected fitness products segment generates revenue from sales of Peloton's various connected fitness digital products or fitness products, including stationary bikes, treadmills, and free weights. It also derives revenue from related fitness accessories and branded apparel, delivery and installation services, and extended warranty agreements. Yeah, the connected fitness products segment revenue and gross profit comprise about 70% of total revenue, which is interesting. That's actually higher than I would expect. Mm hmm. You know, yeah, you, you always think that you want to get them in the product and then and then have the revenue, the subscription, yeah, kind subscription of model. Interesting. Yeah, so I guess let's talk about that then. The, the subscription segment primarily generates revenue from monthly subscription fees to Peloton's online interactive fitness platform, which offers live and on-demand fitness classes and allows users to track various fitness metrics over time. Subscription revenue accounts for about thirty percent of the company-wide revenue. So that's interesting that it's not the the biggest one. But as we were saying, I think they were starting to grow it more mm -hmm. and more, right? Yes, yes. Especially when the pandemic hit. It seemed like they were they had a plan, but it kind of got screwed up based on consumers totally changing the way they operate. Their preference, yeah, they just mm -hmm. couldn't adjust it quickly. Interesting. So, what does this look like to like a regular customer, like you and me? What does it mean? So, you can buy a Peloton bike for about twenty five hundred bucks, but that is not even include any updates. So it's just the bike. Okay. Just like or upgrades. Base. Base. Separately, okay. you have to buy the $44 per month subscription to access the classes. If you want associated with weights and other equipment, that price is added on as well. That's wild. They also really try to get people to buy this product by making it appear more attainable because 
you know, that's almost three thousand dollars, right? That's like a that's a that's a ton of money. Um, so you know, you could do that or in a lot, this is becoming popular, especially after the pandemic. And this might be something that our student listeners have are aware of things like this, but they have a buy now, pay later model that you can use too. You can actually buy this by paying $76 a month for 43 months with no interest. Uh, you can do this through a company called a firm, which again is a buy now, pay later company. Um, but you just need to be aware that there can be hidden fees if you're ever doing anything like this. And also, if you do not repay on time, there is interest that they charge. You know, like it is interest fee if you follow free, if you follow the how the payment schedule. But if you don't, there's going to be, you know, hell to pay. That's, uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's funny. They never really tell you the asterisk. No. You know, there, there's that fine print that's always there. And so you as a smart person, as someone who who doesn't want to get, you know, pay more than what they should for a product, or potentially not even buy the product at all, right? I mean, you don't, that's another thing that nobody really talks about. When you have these things that are they're flashy, they're new, everybody's subscribing, and you may think everybody's subscribing. There were a lot out there doing mm-hmm. it, but also advertising will get you, and, and they'll make you think that everybody's doing something, that you'll want to join a subscription because yes. everybody else is doing it, so I should too. A good advertising campaign makes you feel the most pressure to buy. Yes, absolutely, and, and that's kind of what we saw here. It's like, you can't get to the gym you are not going to be in the same shape or you're not going to be the person you want to be. Mm-hmm. You're all by yourself. You need to work out with other people mm-hmm. that you need Peloton. And so that was a message that caught so many people that- I mean, I could see where that's appealing. Yeah. I do, sure. I do see that. But okay, so what are some tips that we could do, you know, just in terms of student athletes or students in general managing subscription services? Because everyone has them, whether it's like Hulu, Netflix, HBO Max, Peloton, whatever, another gym subscription. How do we manage that? Well, the first thing you need to make sure that you're aware of. So anybody that's had a subscription before, which is I'm sure pretty much everybody at this Mm -hmm. point, you're going to use a card to do it, right? Nobody's going to your house and collecting cash from you every month. (laughs) Mailing in like $5. Yeah, you know, we're not (laughs) not paying for like Netflix every month like we used to. We put it in the mail and and get it back. Um, You're going to use a card. So tip one. Use the same card for every one of your subscriptions. Mm-hmm. If you use several different credit or debit cards to pay for different subscription services, it not, it not even can be. It will be very difficult to keep track of all of it. All right. Especially if you use these cards regularly, if you interchange them, you will not or you may miss some of these smaller trans, these smaller amounts, like at five, ten dollars a month. You won't even know they're there. So use the same card for everything. Absolutely. And then try to sync your billing dates as much as possible. If you can adjust your bill dates, and usually you can do this if you call the service provider, you might be able to request it online. Um, but if you can, if you can adjust, consider adjusting your billing dates so they occur on the same day. So this means you can review your subscription charges once a month without losing track of like what renews on the ninth versus the first versus the twentieth. That's so it could be pretty point. easy. I know. I need to do that myself. Yeah, I'm actually going <laughs> to think about doing it right now. <laughs> um, again, the kicker: every subscription starts with a free trial. Mm-hmm. So if you sign up for that free trial, you're enjoying that service, you keep it for a little bit, you're going to be paying a subscription for it. So be careful, be careful, be wary of these free trials because they're only free to give you a taste of it so that you can join in, buy their subscription. And oftentimes, you know, they may put you at a, a annual package. You know, you pay for the whole year at once and then you're dealing with their customer service. You're going through their automated bot trying to get your refund. It can be a pain. So if you're going to subscribe for a free trial, 
Make sure you remember the stop date so you can cancel before it because you can always try it again later. Yeah. Yeah. Set yourself a calendar reminder or if you're using an old fashioned calendar, write it in your little planner. Um, absolutely. Also keep an eye out for price increases. Subscription services can raise their prices periodically. Usually receive an email notification from the business. So just be on the lookout for that. If prices are going up, think about, do you still want this? Like, is the, the service might've been worth it to you at $10? Is it now worth it at 20, 15, you know, whatever that might be. So just think about that. Awesome. And lastly, finally, regularly audit your subscriptions and make sure you're still using what you're paying for. If you're not using it, dump it. Yeah, get rid of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so that pretty much wraps up this week. If you have any questions about subscription services or any general questions, reach out to us. You can reach us at contact at victoryfi.com. That's C-O-N-T-A-C-T at V-I-C-T-R-E-E-F-I.com. Thank you so much for joining us. That's right. And as always, keep money on your mind. Yes.